Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Australia's first master chef has to have that kind of genius that sometimes fails and sometimes succeeds amazingly. This is the most important dish you'll ever cook in your life. Cook like the world's watching. I am too strong to battle mere mortals. Bring me giants. This is MasterChef. The search for Australia's best amateur chef. Welcome to MasterChef Australia. This is where it all counts, yeah? Around the country, more than 7,500 people apply. This is now the opportunity for me to change my life. All convinced cooking is their calling. Food is more than just eating for me. It's a way of life. To become MasterChef, they'll have to prove their passion. I don't think I could love food more than I do now. It already is an inferno in my heart. And their skill. And I reckon that's the best dish of the night. To Australia's three toughest food judges. Wow. Holy shit. Wowee. Oh my goodness. Hi, uh, welcome to <laughs> a brand new podcast. Uh, my name is Zachary Ruane. I'm uh, Mish Whitrop. I'm a comedian and theatre director from Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> um, uh, this is a recap podcast. Uh, this is a recap podcast where uh, over the next uh, 12 to 13 weeks, we don't know how long it's going to go for, uh, we'll be recapping um, uh, season one of MasterChef Australia. It just looks like a really exciting show and we just want to be all over it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So basically the way uh, a recap podcast works is every week we're going to watch this this new show called MasterChef Australia. Uh, We're going to watch every episode and we're going to recap everything that's been happening uh, throughout the course of of season one of of this particular show. At this point, uh, we'll kind of go week by week. So we'll be reviewing a week's worth of episodes. At this time, it's like five episodes a week, but I don't know how well it's going to go. So, no, no. It could go the way of The Hot House. Yeah, um, exactly. Which was uh, a show uh, in the early 2000s where Channel 10 tried to cash in on the block mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they made a show called The Hot House that was on every night, but they started stripping back episodes because it wasn't doing very well. We don't know how well this, sh- this show no, is going to go. It could end up being one of those shows that's only shown at like 11.30 at night. Absolutely. Um, at the moment, they're prime time. It um, is. It is prime I'm, time. I'm excited for that. Um, that's a really good time for me to be able to watch television. So um, fingers crossed it doesn't get pushed back too late. Uh, we hear we, – because obviously there's no other option – to watch television, uh, if 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 you miss it, you miss it. Uh, so, exactly. So the prime time is is a really fantastic time for us to watch television. Yeah. Well, really, we live in a landscape. Um, uh, chefs, uh, Huey. Huey is really the only chef in Australia. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jans as well, mm-hmm. um, and they, these these guys are coming in, and they're really going to shake things up. I Alive think. Alive and cooking. Alive and cooking. Um, uh, uh, these are some of the shows. Uh, so, uh, getting fr- fresh, getting yeah. fresh in the kitchen. This is it, my understanding of cooking. Yeah, uh, and and cooking on television. Obviously, there's a new show during the day. We've talked. This is a prime time show. There is a new show during the day called uh, Ready Steady Cook. I've seen it. I have seen it yeah, on, on a, a sick day. Yeah. I've seen it. So let's start with episode one. Please. Uh, that screened on Monday three days ago. Yeah. Um, uh, again, on prime time and, um, just thought we'd check it out. Uh, obviously cooking, fine dining, it's a very niche topic. Absolutely. Uh, really, unless you're reading the good food guide, you're not really on top of fine dining. Of course. I, I, I don't know anything about fine dining myself. No. So, and I'm just your average 
average Joe. Yeah. So I think I represent the masses. So obviously we're worried this show won't cut through. Um, I think the numbers were pretty good on Monday night, but let's talk about it. So we opened uh, on that spiel that we just played for you there, a little bit of an explanation um, of, of really the standards that the judges are expecting. Fuck, it set the scene though. Oh, didn't it? Yeah. This is a high calibre show. Yeah. This is no ready, steady cook. This is uh, there's drama here. Absolute lighting. Uh, there's lighting. Like it's the, the sound. There's a host, Sarah yeah. Wilson, who who I was surprised by that because she was not in any way at all showcased in the the commercials leading up to the show. No, um, but what a nice surprise. Well, and 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 I think like maybe let's start by talking about the host, Sarah yeah. Wilson. Um, currently. Not entirely pivotal to the show to have a host at this mm. point, at this point. Okay. Yeah. I see her as this really awesome bridge between amateur chef and professional chef on the right, show. Right, right. She can relate to the amateur chefs and in some way, don't know how, is relating to the professionals as well. That's um, true, so, yeah. And so she's this really nice thriller. Like obviously the amateur chefs are comfortable talking to her. Right. Um, probably more comfortable talking to Sarah Wilson than they are, say, uh, oh, what's one, um, like Matt, uh, Pr- Matt Preston? Matt Preston, They're probably yeah. more comfortable talking to Sarah Wilson. So you don't think that um, they couldn't have done the show without a host, that maybe the judges could introduce? Uh, I certainly couldn't imagine the show without a host. So, yeah, no, I would say she's very pivotal. And, and look, if the show's a success, uh, I think she'll be in for a big uh, pay grade oh, for season two. I'm really excited to see what happens with Sarah, not only in this show but outside of this show as well. Yeah, but let's, uh, let's talk about the judges. I'm – okay. I, look, I would say that I, I read a fair bit, I watch a fair bit of TV. I've never heard of any of them. Oh, really? I've never heard of any of them. So, okay, so this is the thing. Because cooking is a bit of a niche subject, these three guys are, I think, quite big in the world, okay. um, yeah. in the world of, of fine dining, mm. as it's called. Um, uh, and, and, and maybe we'll play the introduction for yeah, the three sure, guys. I'll, I'll just find that here. I've seen hundreds of wannabe chefs come and go. Auditions, so the competition is going to be tough. Sarah Wilson there hosting. And standing in their way are our judges, three of the most formidable names in the culinary world. Culinary world. Culinary. I'm George Cullen Barris. Last year I was voted Chef of the Year in the Age Good Food Guide. After all my years in the kitchen, I can spot a pretender a mile away. Okay, he means business. He means business. So this is George Cullenbumber. 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 Baris, am I saying this right? Callum Baris. Callum Baris. So, as he said there, uh, so if, if for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the Age Good Food Guide is a, uh, a publication. Uh, it, it's published by Fairfax Media, that um, strong uh, beer mouth of uh, of, uh, of print media. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows Fairfax Media, um, a real staple of of, of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they publish every year the Age, uh, uh, which is good a good food guide. They they publish the Good Food Guide, um, and George in two thousand and eight, um, he got the Chef of the Year in his restaurant. The Press Club got the Restaurant of the Year. Mm. Um, so he's a he's an exciting guy. I think he's a big deal. I think he's a big deal, and he's. He's uh, got an energy, but you know what? He doesn't like pretenders. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like pretenders, but I like his vibe. I'm, I'm of all three of them. Like uh, to our listeners, obviously, if you don't know about this show, there's, you're about to hear about the other two. But of all three of them, I feel like I can relate the most to George. Mm. Um, he seems like he's of the people. You he know he what does I mean? seem like, of the people. Like the other two, they're about to come. They seem like. They've probably got like you know a little bit of a superiority complex. Well, I look, I really like the other guys, but they've, I don't get, yeah, you know, I'm getting the sense that Gary, who we're about to talk about, he's kind of the hard judge. He yeah. throws out a lot of no's. You know, when it's the yes no, it, mm. it tends to be His Gary suit's says a little no. Bit sharper. Yeah, this is a this is a restaurant tour. Mm. Um, 
And then Matt, who we'll talk about. Matt, I'm intrigued by. He's got so, a bit of an Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde, I got on. that too. Yes, yeah. and and uh, his neck things. He's wearing a neck thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a that thing. That won't stay. That right, won't stick. I think, I think he's trying for something. That's <laughs> they'll not, throw that. Yeah, that's I, I not think so. Work. As well. I think that they thought that that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about the but next George. thing. But George. But George. So these guys are. They're the real high end. But George seems cool. George probably hasn't been an executive chef for very long. No. Uh, I definitely think he's the kind of guy that gets what it's like working on the line he's as a chef. He's the youngest of the three. I um, would guess. This is a guy. I, uh, this is a bit random to say this, but he seems like someone who understands the need for Sunday penalty raids. Uh, hun- oh, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And again, I don't want to make assumptions here. No, of course here. not. But like equally, he seems like the kind of guy quite mild mannered. Absolutely. Yeah. This is not someone that. That's violent. Um, no, this isn't someone that's going to. Um, that's getting. <laughs> That's going to, you know, go at a 19-year-old at a soccer pitch or something like that. Let alone a (laughs) (laughs) 17-year-old. So we like George. George is fun. He seems like he pays everyone well. Uh, He seems like he's on top of his accounting. Yeah. Um, Just really uh, cool guy. We like George a lot. Mm. Um, Fun, cool. Let's let's hear about the other guy. Great. I'm Gary Megan. I own two restaurants and I've got over 70 staff. You've not done one of these before. I've seen hundreds of wannabe chefs come and go. First rib? Most don't survive. Whoa. Wow. 70 staff. 70 staff, two restaurants. That's a lot. That's, uh, that's, that's That's a huge amount. I mean, it's not in a lot of industries. But we don't know anything about the culinary industry. No, so maybe we don't. Seventy staff is a lot. No, we don't. We don't know a lot. Uh, I, 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 it is a lot. I mean, I, I, I went to a nice restaurant once, and and it, it cost a lot of money. But I, yeah, I'm a big old dupe with this stuff. I don't understand yeah. it. Um, did you hear that thing about a uh, hundred hundred chefs? A lot of people don't make it. Yeah, I'm getting the sense this show, these guys, they're going to be hard. Yeah. This isn't going to be a show of positivity. This is going to be a show that comes down on people. Absolutely. I think that that particular that Gary Megan Megan Gary Megan intro um set the pace of the show. Yeah. Like cuz George obviously you want a big hug like you know he comes in you're like yeah. oh this would be fun. Yeah. I love this guy like I want to I want to just hang out. I want him to be my friend. Yeah. But then Gary comes in and you're Ooh. like whoa okay oh. this isn't a comedy. Gary <laughs> is I would say uh, just to put it in terms we understand, um, he is really the Ian Dicko Dickinson. Oh, 100%. Whereas George is like the Marsha. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is the guy that's going to come in mm. hard. Um, exciting stuff. I think you need it, obviously, for the... Um for the you know the feel of the show, I suppose you need that little bit of kind of. It really does feel like uh, at this point a, a cooking version of uh, Australian Idol. Yeah, that's, that's kind the, of the vibe I'm picking up as well. That's the vibe I'm getting. You yeah. know that, that if I was communicating with a deaf blind person, mm. I would say that I would say that it's like Australian Idol, but instead of singing, they cook. They cook food. Yeah. Now I don't know if there's going to be some sort of. <laughs> Um, stage, live stage sort of arrangement when they get to the final numbers, you know, whether it's going to be themes. We don't know what the show's going to look like past the the audition phase. And when they get to the semi-final, they cook with one of the judges. That would be kind of cool. That would be fun, absolutely. I I, I think it's very exciting and I I can't wait to see who uh, the Wes car of this series will be. Yeah, or the uh, Courtney act of this series will be. Absolutely. Um, so I've got some, look, I'm not going to, I don't want to throw, mm-hmm. I don't want to throw out assumptions too quickly, but like, I mean, we're always going to get to this, but I've got some, I think I reckon I, I've, I reckon I know who is like at least top four. You've got some predictions. I've got some predictions. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I think I do I, too. I can't help it. Like I wanted to go into it and be like, I don't, don't look at, predi- you don't know anything about no. this show. You don't know who these people are. Yeah. I don't know their stories. Um, but like just just over just some assumptions, a couple of cheeky predictions. I reckon 
I reckon maybe. Yeah. Anyway. No, and, and, and I would say, I mean, I'm less tuned to who's going to really emerge as the strongholds. I have a few predictions who's filler at this point. Oh, oh. Oh come on! Well, we're not. Stu- We've all watched the same show. Yeah, like, we know. Yeah. We know who we're going to get to but here. Basically, what we're saying is that Gary Mahan is the the tough nut. He's the, the tough nut to yeah. crack. Yeah. This is the restaurateur. He's not young. He's not fun. This is the kind of guy mm-hmm. that is going to come after Sunday penalty rates. Oh, uh-huh. this is the kind of guy that gets mad at a footy match. And gets a bit, gets kicked out for being a bit violent. This is, this is that kind of guy. This is the kind of guy mm-hmm. that is going to underpay his workers and blame uh, accounting issues. Yeah. Oh, Th- I'm picking that with. That's exactly out of how the I'm three. Feeling. This is this is the balance we're finding. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that's going to like end up being a bit of a sellout when it comes to promoting particular types of vitamins. <laughs> Okay, so we've got the third, uh, the third judge here. So we've had two professional chefs, and this is the one I think I can't speak on behalf of mm-hmm. my podcast partner Zach, mm. uh, but I think this is the one that I most definitely and the most baffled by. Like, what is he doing there? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Well, let's have a listen. I'm Matt Preston. Last year, I was voted the world's best food journalist. What I'm looking for, for Australia's first master chef, is someone who has knowledge of food, a great palate, fantastic technique, and some real substance to what their culinary dream is. Okay, voted by who? Voted by who? Yeah, I'm voted the best food critic. Who voted that? Like, I don't know. I'm just a bit sus on him. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure who he is. The other two can very clearly state, I own a restaurant. I have um, I have 70 staff. Like yeah. he, he stressed that. Um, George, like, you know, he's he owns his own restaurant also. Yeah. This guy, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a food critic. So am I, mate. Like we all are. You know what I mean? Like who are you? Uh, I, I don't know either. I don't know either. Um, it, it, he wears a neck thing. Yeah, but I mean, that's obviously some sort. Like a producer's obviously coming in and being like, "Mate, like this, could, this could be thing. your thing. It's not gonna, that won't last." I think I disagree with you here, Mish. I'm going to throw it in here. Um, I, look, I definitely don't think this guy's going to be the uh, the standout judge of the series. No. I don't think people are going to start getting excited about his neck thing. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, um, you know, like just low. Like I mean. <sighs> I don't get a lot of charisma from this guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see. Look, yeah, as I said, I don't think this guy's going to become some sort of uh, major Australian food critic out of this show. I don't think he's going to be hosting. There's um, no book deals for this guy. After no, the show. no, I don't think this guy's going to be doing stuff like that. But I think he's got a real future. He just needs to lose the neck thing. Yeah. Once that's done, then we can see who he really is. Right mm. now it's all like, you know frills and bows, mm. I want to know who Matt is. Matt, is that his name? Matt. Matt. Pre- Matthew Preston. Matthew Preston. So let's talk. Uh, we're, we're currently... Um, so we know the judges. Who are the contestants? Who are the contestants? We know the judges. We know the host. Who are the contestants? Who are the contestants? So we start... Uh, so they're currently looking for the top 50 amateur chefs in all... All of Australia. Yeah. So they start their journey in Sydney. Yeah. Sydney, Australia. Uh, A few false starts. And then the first person to really shine is a woman by the name of Julie Goodwin. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Let's talk Julie. Um, Look, a bit boring. Okay. I I just... Like, I mean, I, she seems sweet. She seems nice. But, like, come on. Like, I really don't want to waste too much time talking about it. No, no. I, 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 I was surprised they opened with her. I, I don't see her making it into the top 20. Uh, I felt the same way. I felt like they've built this show so beautifully. Beautiful opener. Mm. Beautiful introduction of all three uh, professional chefs. Mm. Amazing intro of the host. Let's get into the contestants. And it's just some mum. I don't see a journey here. No. I don't see... I reckon we just skip her, to be honest. We can cut this bit. We can cut this bit? I, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely don't see some sort of journey where she 
um, learns more no. about herself, uh, discovers great yeah. cooking skills along the way and, and emerges victorious. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, and I, that's... That's why I was like, why are we spending so much time on this lady? I'll be honest, I, I've for kind of like forgotten about her. Mm. Considering all the other stuff that's mm. happened, all the amazing amateur chefs that have mm. come through, um, just a weird opener and I reckon we just kind of... Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. She's so taken up a bit too much of my brain. Who was next? Who was next in the Sydney, on the Sydney front? Oh, we had Unicycle Man. Yep, we saw him. So I don't think this is a man who will be quickly forgotten. Uh, no, I, anyway, I feel like unicycle guy, he could have a really, really great bit part on a TV show or something like that. He, highly entertaining, just an Aussie bloke, kind of cooks like the rest of us cook, you know what I mean? Yeah, so um, he didn't He didn't get through. Um, if you haven't watched this episode, I think you'll be hearing a lot more about this guy, but if you haven't watched this episode, there's a guy that came in to the audition on a unicycle uh, he made a dish uh, that was a creamy sort of thing with sweet chilli. The chefs didn't love it. Um, he made a carbonara, mm. but he put sweet chilli sauce into it and the chefs criticised him for that and were like, oh, you're such a lad. Like that sounds like the kind of thing you'd eat if you were just drunk and you come mm. home. I've never cooked with cream and sweet chilli when I've been drunk. No, I've um, never done that. I've and never done that. I think I think what he was doing was a unique approach to a pasta dish. If he doesn't get through, he obviously, like, you know, he didn't spoiler get through. alert, he didn't get through. He doesn't through. get through. Um, well, like, there's no way for people to watch it unless they watch a, a repeat on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's true. I'm so, saying to the people that are waiting for the Saturday episode. Oh, for the Saturday um, repeat. Yeah, spoiler alert, Unicycle Guy does not get through. Mm. Cops a lot of criticism for the dish that he made. But like you said, Zach, the guy's got a future. I'm really excited to see what he does. Maybe not with his food. But with his personality, because yeah. like, what a what a personality! Who comes into it like an audition, which is essentially what this was? Yeah, on a unicycle. Oh, so what a unique dude! What a what a what an interesting guy! Mm, this is someone him. we'll be talking about in ten years' time. Hundred percent. So who? What came next, uh, Mish? I can't quite um, remember, which is bad for a recap. Well, skipping a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm is a young girl by the name of Julia Jenkins. She's very young. She is very young. Yeah, she's 23. 23, um, okay. But she was the first one I saw that really showed, like, some proper skill. Like, mm. pr- none of this lamb and mash bullshit. No, she... She made a ricotta pudding, some sort of cake, mm. but it was it was moulded nicely. She plated well. She also did uh, what looked like a tortellini, but mm. she called it something fancy. It was a tortellini. Mm. Um, but what surprised me was how good she was despite the fact she's so young. So she's a very young uh, amateur chef. And 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 I'm excited to see her. I think she's going to go far. And yeah. I'm excited to see her through the series. I'm excited to see her make it to the end. I'm I'm going to make that prediction now. Mm. And I'm excited to watch her in every single episode until the end. Hundred uh, percent. I also think what I got from her was she has her eye on the prize. Mm. She's there for the food. For the show, she's not there for anything else. No. She's there to learn, to win, and to probably have a career out of this. There aren't any distractions for her. No. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that comes with her youth. I'm just saying I'm excited to see a young, dedicated female, like, dominate this competition. Uh, and and can, I, can I just say for a moment here... Um, just, uh, yeah, really good chef, really exciting stuff from mm. her, uh, 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 really good. Also, this was the first time we saw on the show uh, something of an emerging pattern where um, the chefs will try the food uh, and then uh, not quite be able to make a decision based on the quality of the food, so they push the young woman until she cries yeah. and then they get through. Yeah. Um, that's a bit of an emerging pattern. I don't understand it entirely and what, how that mm. pertains to cooking. There was, there was a particular part. I don't know what George was trying to say when he was doing this. I'm going to assume it wasn't malicious because I don't think that that's in George's nature. Again, an assumption. I don't know the guy, but I don't get a kind of uh, malicious intention. Mm, mm. But he did say this part where he... Um, at one, at one point, Matt had voted no for somebody. Mm. Uh, I believe it was the Italian mother. Mm. I have forgotten her name. 
Sandra. That's Sandra. Sandra. Yes, yep. Matt had voted no for Sandra and Gary had voted yes for Sandra. So George was the deciding vote, right? Mm. And in this particular case, he's like, how badly do you want it? And she's like, oh, I want it really badly. And he's like, unfortunately. <gasps> this, oh, my God. And he goes, well, unfortunately. Sandra, unfortunately. And then he, he pauses. Paused. It was so, a, and it was a pregnant pause. And we were like, I, don't, I can't, I was watching this by myself. Yes, yeah, know, on the television. On the television, Channel yeah. 10. Yeah. But I was watching it and he goes, unfortunately, and I'm like, he is going to break this woman's heart. He Can goes, we talk a little bit about unfortunately? Can we talk about this This. This point, this pause, this yeah. pregnant pause. Well, I'm thinking he's going to say, unfortunately, you should never cook again. Or, or or, even something as simple as, unfortunately, it's a no from me. I mean, these are the logical conclusions you make when someone opens a sentence with, with unfortunately. unfortunately. The idea with the word unfortunately is that you're about to get negative news or news that you weren't hoping for. I mean... There's a difference between the word fortunate. Like if he'd said fortunately oh. with a big pause, that would give you time to build elation. Well, because you're expecting. Unfortunately, just gives you time to, to build tension and, and grief and fear. So unfortunately. So, and I mean, uh, from from my perspective, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, well, you know, it's going to be a no. Yeah. So she's gotten a no. She's gotten a Yes. It all rides on what George is about to say. He George, says, unfortunately. Unfortunately, big pause. And then he says, after a big pause, it's, it's a, a yes, yes from, from me. me. <gasps> what a plot twist. Oh, my God. It, it was absolutely, the like, it was a relief. It was confusing. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this on television no. before. No. Like, what a contradictory statement. Um, and I trusted, I trusted that, unfortunately, would... would yeah. Would lead to it's a no from yeah, me. Yeah, so I want to. I'm probably going to take some time to think about this. I might even come back next week and bring it up again after mm. I've thought about it. Because again, there's no. I, I'm again. This is an assumption, but George isn't going to do that at the risk of upsetting somebody. So I want to know what his intention well, was. I definitely. I mean, uh, did he change his mind on the spot? Well, and that's the thing because I mean, it doesn't make a lot of grammatical sense. Um, it, 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 it's dramatically effective, but it doesn't actually make any sense that you would say, unfortunately, it's a yes from me, unless you know you hate the person. And it's a bad thing that Unless it's a yes maybe, from you. Maybe he found out that Peaches didn't actually want to get through. Right. And now so she's forced. Now she's forced to go through now the Sydney. Now she has to go. So now she has to go to the top 50. But, I mean, what I would say. I never even considered that, Zach. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Maybe she had said, I actually don't really want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt had respected that and went, all right, well, then it's a no from me. And then Gary had been like, well, you know, yes, because Gary's a cunt. Like we've yeah. already covered that. Like yeah. we know. And then George, the food was so good that George says, unfortunately, it it's a yet. Yeah, that's probably what it was. And, and um, I because think I Peaches mean, is there against her will. Uh, well, I, I think so as well. And I think as well, the other thing from my perspective is um, I don't think they're going to be able to employ this twist again. Um, uh, it was such a twist. Yeah. Uh, and they did do it again a few episodes later, something similar. It's not something they want to overuse. Arguably, maybe did it a bit early. Like, yeah, like I'm. That was so tense. Yeah, I, I and I. So that, to my mind, uh, I don't think they'll be using it too much throughout the series. This sort of no. It's possibly going to be bad. Pause. Actually, you're through. Mm. Um, I, I don't think they're going to no, overdo that. I don't that. think they are either. Now, I, I think the next person that we really need to talk about, um, in my opinion, real front runner, is someone named Poe. Poe. So she was in Adelaide uh, about halfway through the episode. Mm-hmm. The judges and Sarah Wilson, the host of the show, a very key component to MasterChef, uh, they went to Adelaide. Um, and then Poe came in. Mm. Uh, um, let's talk about Poe. Th- well, she's an artist. And okay. she says that there's a very close connection. Sorry, which one was Poe? I, I... Um, Poe is, she's Malaysian. Okay. Uh, she was wearing a green singlet. She, oh, yes. she was the artist, right? The and artist, yeah. She's the one who came in yeah. making a chicken and sun-dried tomato stack. With ketchup. Yeah, with ketchup manis. Manis. And George, <laughs> and George said to her, you're a beautiful girl, you're Malaysian, why didn't you touch on that? 
He did say that. He said, you're a beautiful girl. Yeah, he, he said, why did you cook this? You're a beautiful girl. You're Malaysian. This is verbatim, <laughs> by the way. He, so, said, he said, why did you cook this? You're a beautiful girl. You're Malaysian. I would have liked something Malaysian. So, so this is the beginning, I think, of a theme we might see throughout the series, which is... Um, which is... Uh, <laughs> this is a theme uh, we might see throughout the series, which is George, of course, cooks from his uh, Greek roots and, um, and I think he wanted to see something from her roots. Uh, she, wa- she blew it. She blew the five minutes and in that moment I thought, she's out of here. Yeah, we're she's never, forgettable. We're never going to hear from Poe again. Yeah, and I was sad because, like, her food looked beautiful. It seemed well cooked. But because she didn't cook a Malaysian dish. And also she's a beautiful girl. Yeah, and that's, that's always sad. That's, and, I, and you could tell that that really upset George, mm. that she didn't cook a Malaysian dish and that she was potentially going to leave the competition and she's beautiful. So, And, that, and but, that's, that's the great shame because... You know, that's it. Why? Why isn't this person cooking something uh, from Malaysia? Because uh, if you're an amateur cook, you should cook from the heart. That's mm. a theme that's emerging over these episodes. You should cook from the heart. You should cook from what you know. Mm. So to see someone not cooking a Malaysian dish when their heritage is Malaysian and also they're a beautiful girl. <laughs> yeah. And, and basically what ended up happening was they said, we're just really disappointed that you didn't. And then she said, I was going to cook abacus. <laughs> Sorry. She said, oh, I was going to cook this dish called abacus beads. And George got really excited and went, well, what's that? What's because this? Because th- there's an opportunity to keep this Malaysian girl who's beautiful in she the competition. She is beautiful. And she went, oh, it's made with rice flour or something like that. And he went, well, and Gary, sorry, goes, well, off you go. Go make that then and bring it back. Yeah. And so she was given a second opportunity. She came back later on in the episode with the abacus beads. Yeah. They ate it and said, see, this is what we wanted. We and wanted you, beautiful girl, to make us some abacus beads. And now that you have, you're through. I have a feeling. She's mm-hmm. one of my, you know, when I was saying earlier um, on uh, this evening, that I've got a couple of front runners in my mm. mind. She's one of them. I'm I, just saying, I, throwing it I out think there. so too. I think she's got a real chance of winning. When you, uh, I, 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 I see it very clearly mm-hmm. now. If she uh, sticks to her roots, sticks to the fact that she's a beautiful girl, I think she's got a real chance mm-hmm. of of taking the Master Chef title, whatever yeah. that is. I love this show. I'm really enjoying it. I don't see this show ever being anywhere close to the top ten. No. Australian television show. I mean, even if you just look at the stats, right? So we're looking purely at stats here with the episodes because they pushed it so damn hard. Oh, they did, um, In week one, it was the 15th most watched show. But then by episode two, 56th. Really? Yeah. Let me just double check that, but I'm pretty sure I read that in the age. Those are bad numbers. Mm, They're not great numbers. But if you consider like they, yeah, they dropped from 14th, sorry. So they were the 14th most watched show mm. on the Monday, so episode Mm. one. And then by the next episode, which was the next day, it was the 52nd. So I I don't think MasterChef has a future. No, I think it's very niche. I appreciate it. I'm loving this show. I like like to learn, so Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. But I am worried that it's not going to make go the distance. I don't think this is going to be a flagship program for Channel 10. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm seeing another hothouse. Yeah. If if we're being honest. Which is sad. But I mean, we'll get one good season out of it. I mean, Faulty Towers. Only ran for like that was a couple of seasons. Couple of seasons, yeah, six episodes each. Not, not, not a huge show. You know, you never know. In, in forty years' time, maybe this will pick back up again. But I mean, we're also jumping the gun. Who we knows? are jumping the gun. It might pick up. I don't think it's going to go gangbusters. Mm. I don't see it at number one, but I think it could get some better numbers. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so who else did we meet in Brisbane? We was met Jared, the pizza maker, um, mm-hmm. who made fish with strawberries and sweet chili. Mm-hmm. Um, he got through. Yeah. Uh, he had a very sad story about his wife, mm. um, who passed away from cancer and he has a son as well. So he got through. No, she didn't pass away. She didn't? No, no. She, um, she, she it, it, the cancer went away. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We should probably look into that a bit more before we talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll stop talking about him yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I've also got – there were a couple of miscellaneous people, no one really important. But George did say right at the end of the episode – Everyone deserves to feel good about themselves, you know? Mm. That was really good. That is nice. I thought that was really nice and it really says a lot about George. That's uh, mm. you know that he would that he would take it upon himself to say that. I'm pretty sure he said it to a female. Um <laughs> I'm not sure. I know I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was, but I'm pr- I'm fairly sure it was a female. Absolutely. I um I've accidentally <laughs> deleted my notes. Um, oh no. That's so okay. I've got notes. I'm just going off yours from here on sure. out. Sure. So then we jumped to Perth auditions. Oh, Perth. Now, Perth. Let's talk about Perth for a second here. Perth is a very small city. It's on the other side of the world of of Australia, sorry, but it's in the middle of a mining boom. Mhm. Uh, it's all looking up for Perth. Yeah. So uh, some really exciting chefs, some really exciting restaurants over there, uh, a lot of uh, money, a lot of uh, mm-hmm. just exciting times for Perth. Yeah, I um, think we all know what Perth's going to be like in a couple of years and I'm really happy for them mm-hmm. and excited for them. Yeah. Um, Gary said at the start of the Perth auditions to the group, um, are you ready to compete in Australia's biggest culinary competition you better be. Mm. You better be. Also, George hates garlic. Like, I think we should discuss this. Yeah. Um, three different occasions in this episode he complained of a dish having too much garlic. Mm. Um, I think everything – I think George hates garlic. That's, uh, this is something I've learned about George. He doesn't like garlic. He just like doesn't garlic. seem to like garlic. This um, is George Calamaris? Yes. Yeah. Um, George Calamaris doesn't seem to like garlic. No. Um, and then at some point in this episode, an 18-year-old child cut his finger when he mm-hmm. was chopping something up um, and George obviously was the first one to the scene and was like, are you okay? And gave him a Band-Aid, which was also nice. He talked a moment, there was a moment there where he said uh, that guy got through uh, and he said, you know, this is going to be the first of many fingers chopped. Um, I think a bit of a premonition for what we were going to see in episode three, but we'll 100%. get to that. Uh, I think um, everyone listening... Mm. Knows what I'm talking about because you've just watched episode three yeah. of season one of MasterChef. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. 100%. Um, now, the next guy was kind of like a revisiting of the post situation mm. where it was a Lebanese guy who cooked a Thai curry and they got What's real he mad doing? at him. What's he doing? Yeah, well, they got really pissy with him because he didn't cook Lebanese food. Um, George again goes at this guy, says, mm. cook to your heritage. Why are you doing this lame-ass yep. fucking curry? Then he said, we're going to give you the opportunity. Cook some Lebanese food. What do you know how to cook? And he goes, oh, hummus and baba ganoush. Mm-hmm. And they went, well, off you go and, and go get the ingredients. Off you go, go cook it. Now, this guy had a moment into mad panic going, where am I going to find the ingredients? They gave him two hours. Um, uh, they gave Poe two hours as well. Mm. Poe lives in Adelaide yeah. uh, where things are closer together. Perth is notoriously far apart. So this guy, I would say, spent the bulk of his time driving. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so he probably had to drive out to Fremantle or Subiaco. To make baba ganoush because for those of you out there, baba ganoush is a Lebanese uh, – kind of roasted eggplant dip. Because Australia, we're a meat and three veg yeah, kind of country. Yeah, let's not fuck around. Like, you know, this is uh, – we're not e- eating this exciting fine dining food. No. Uh, what we would need is some sort of cultural phenomenon to come in and change the eating habits of, of Australia. Mm. Um, I don't think it's going to be MasterChef. Well, no, of course not. I don't think we're going to see a boom in fine dining. No. Um, no, but I mean, this is just like a fun fact that you can rip out at a party. Baba ganoush sounds funny, probably tastes delicious. Mm. But this guy had to race out and try and find an eggplant, whatever. Like, I don't know where you would fucking start. What, it, what even is an eggplant? I've never heard of it. I don't um, know what an eggplant is. No, I've got no idea. It's a vegetable. I know what a sausage is. Yeah. But I don't know what an eggplant is. I know what frozen carrots are. <laughs> But this is the thing about this show. I know show. what a banoffee pie is. They're making such fancy things. Mm. Uh, fancy things like... Um, Unattainable things. Risotto. 
eggplant. Yeah, someone made a risotto and they said, that's notoriously hard to make. I'm like, who's ever fucking made a risotto? What is but, what is a risotto? I know, but I think I have a feeling we'll probably find out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this guy didn't get through. He wasn't. No. He wasn't as beautiful as Poe. No. Then we had someone named Linda Kowalski. Okay. Who was in the middle of emotional breakdown um, and needed a change in her life, mm-hmm. and, but she was really vague about it. Now, she's the one who made the rice pudding with the violet reduction. She did. Yeah, and she kind of talks like this. She does talk very fancy. And she's been in beauty pageants and she made a violet reduction for her rice pudding and she she's she's you know, i mean she's been in beauty pageant she's well presented mm. they they mean they commented on that of course mm-hmm. um that she's quite well presented mm. um and she made a white chocolate web Mm. For the top of her rice pudding, some really highfalutin fancy stuff. I, I don't know if we've missed the guy that uh, does molecular gastronomy uh, yet. The mm. young man, we'll, we'll get back to him. Really highfalutin stuff. Here's the thing about fine dining: uh, it's for the elite. Yeah. I don't see a time where Australia um, is going to be excited about about fine dining. No. I am. You are. But this is a niche show. No. And I think it's like if you like most people, mm. if they want white chocolate, they don't want it in web form. Just no. give them some give them a bloody milky bar, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, give them give them a dr- Cadbury dream. And violet reduction. Like they, I didn't know you could eat flowers. No, it's not I, I, I had no idea. Um but they really enjoyed it and she got through to the next round. Um but on top, like, her food seemed good, but they really seemed to focus on the beauty pageant thing. Um, uh, she won Miss Congeniality in a beauty pageant that she'd done, I think, the year earlier or two mm. years earlier. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and then she made a rice pudding. That was essentially her bit. Um, but she did say that she needed a change in her life. And she looked a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but we'll see more of her because she got through. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was some dude who was obsessed with meat and beer, but they didn't really show much about it. No, they didn't show. There was a, a 43-year-old man who liked meat and beer, but we'll, I'm sure we'll hear more about this guy. Well, maybe. I mean, he got he got through. He got through. Um, so. But they didn't really show much about him. Um, but it's nice to see that they're also letting in older people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, uh, can we talk now about this... Um, can we talk a little bit about this uh, molecular gastronomy yes, kid? Yes, I think that this – because then we're about to go into the t- – because that's it and then we go into top 50. But I so, really want to end the auditions with this molecular gastronomy guy. So there was a kid – he's not doing – you know, um, there was the Julie lady uh, that from the start. Remember her? No, not really. Okay, so she was the one at the start, the sort of the home cook oh, lady. Oh, mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she uh, was doing home cooking. At the other end of the spectrum was a guy doing a thing called – Molecular gastronomy. Now, I went home to my PC uh, or I went to the study after I watched that on the television. I went to the study and I um, I put molecular gastronomy into AltaVista. Yep. And the results that came back on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, molecular gastronomy. So basically what this guy, kid was doing was he was putting uh, pea goo. He was mushing up peas. He was putting it in a like a, a I don't know. He made he remade the peas yeah. to be an he explosion of flavour. Took peas, mashed them up, condensed them, turned them back into peas, mm. so that when you ate a pea, you weren't just eating a pea; you were eating like six peas. So like the taste of six peas. Yeah. So molecular gastronomy uh, was what he does, and um, look, I don't see. A situation where a food like that is going to take off in Australia, but um, it's completely inaccessible. I yeah. can't cook that. So, uh, for anyone who does know or doesn't know, the Wikipedia search came up. Um, that was started at a place called Al Bui. Uh, there's another chef called Heston Blumenthal. Blumenthal. Blumen- yeah. I in England, that does this thing called molecular gastronomy. I saw it. He he turned pate into a thing that looked like fruit. Oh, okay. It, it was fascinating, but it's kind of like mate. Well, it's definitely like I think it's exciting. This is something I want to try. Mm. I don't see Heston opening a restaurant. Yeah, but you and I are, in Australia. Yeah, but you and I have a very specific interest in this stuff. Yeah. This is not – like basically our everyday listener who's like, oh, God, do I now have to access that? No. 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 You don't, and need, I don't, to, you don't I need to look up these guys. You don't need to look up molecular gas. Gr- gr- I don't think – I think this is the only time you're going to be hearing about Heston Blumen- uh, Blumenthal. Yeah, he's – like, yeah, don't worry about – This know. is not uh, – you know, it, it. like we said, it's going to take – 
a huge cultural phenomenon mm. uh, to change the tastes of Australia and get them on board with that sort of food. Absolutely. Um, sort of a number one show. Something like Yeah. It the needs block, to be something that the comes block hosted hard, by Jamie Jury. Hundred percent. It needs to come hard, it needs to come quick, it needs to uh, like they somehow need to tap into like a, a, a huge market, young to old. Um, a real zeitgeist. A real zeitgeist. That's exactly right. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. I certainly no. don't see it being Master Chef. No, no, no. Um, anyway, so, so that was just something I learned. Molecular gastroscopy. Gastrolopy. Gastrolopy. Um, so that was that. Was, then we had the top fifty, and then we have them. So auditions are over. Um. I'm a bit sad to see them go. I was really enjoying it, especially considering I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the show. I don't know how this show's going to work. I, I thought we would be travelling around Australia finding Master Chefs. Yeah, where's Tazzy? Uh, well, no Tazzy, no yeah. Tazzy. Um, ACT. There was no ACT. Canberra. No, no ACT. No Canberra. Um, so, for my mind, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where it goes to from here. I thought the episode was over at this point. There was another half an hour. Yeah, that was so strange, wasn't it? Because they were like, and they sh- and they did a big spanning shot of the top 50 cheering, like in a warehouse. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, the episode ended early tonight. Yeah. But then they went into the warehouse. Yeah. Firstly, I'll just say I hope the bulk of this show isn't set in a warehouse. Oh, God, I would rage. Like imagine if the whole show was set in like a large warehouse type situation. Oh, like it just looked like a big barn. Yeah, it? like I mean I don't I, – I, I would hope that that the setting is a little more vers- – Kitchen-y. Kitchen-y than that. Yeah. Um, but they all go into a warehouse and uh, this is the last uh, moments of the, uh, of the episode um, for – so we thought. Um, and then they dump a, a truck ton of onions in front of the a top 50. A load of onions. Bags and bags and bags of onions. Uh, and then they are told that the all top 50 have to cut onions, slice and dice onions, um, because it's a chef thing that, mm. you know, you need, need to be able to slice onions if you're going to make it. And only the top 38 mm. are going to get through this phase. Now... I didn't. I I don't know about you, but I don't see a show where we cut onions for half an hour. I didn't learn anything. Being that big of a show, um, no, absolutely not. Like, what a weird concept. Like, just strange. I was like, "Where's the cooking? Yeah. I'm here to learn." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just watched a bunch of amateur chefs dice onions. Um, fascinating watching George do it at the start, though. Oh my god, that was in- I've never seen such knife skills. We um, we we don't. There's no other way to see someone chop yeah. onions like that. Oh, incredible stuff. Yeah, when he said, "I'm going to do it first, Yeah, I knew that we were in for a treat. That that I liked. Give me more of that. Yeah, I don't want to see Trevor do it. Mm. I don't want to see Julie Goodwin do it. No, I want to see George. Um, but I'm glad, like, we got a nice taste of it. I'm really hoping there's more of um, George cooking in the season. Well, I do hope there's, yeah, sort of, like, teaching people how to cook. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what I'd like to see. Um, uh, and that was the show. Mish, thank you so much for joining me for episode one. No, uh, week you. one, Week one of our... Um, of uh, MasterChef Season 1 recap podcast. Yeah. Um, it's been a blast. I can't wait for all the people to listen to it. I haven't – like I was so excited to sit and talk with you about this. It's... After last night's episode, mm. um, I struggled to sleep. I, 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 want, I, I cannot wait for tonight. It's so great that it's on so much. It's on every night. On every night. On prime time on television. I'm really hoping that people stick around and watch it. I'm hoping so too. Um, uh, Obviously. uh, Just get us through one season. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I'll be heartbroken if this is like the cuts off halfway. (sighs) No, yeah. Look, I don't know. And then we'll never know what happened to, you know, Linda Kowalski or to Melissa Lutton. We'll never know what happened to them. Uh, and I want to know what happens to those guys. Those guys are really exciting to me, and 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 I think that um, I think that uh, this show. Look, I don't think it's going to be a big thing. Uh, I hope it makes it to the end. I really do. I want to know who wins it. Um, it's a fun show. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched it, um, 
get your green guide in 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 your local print media newspaper. Mm-hmm. Get your TV guide. Hundred uh, percent. Look at the times that it's on. Highlight them. Highlight them. Uh, get that newspaper. You can get that at a newsagent. Um, they also do ads. So if you just chuck on Channel Ten, I'm sure they'll let you know what, what time, time it's starting. Um, very exciting stuff. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, we're going to see some eliminations soon. Fuck, I'm so excited for that. Uh, who are your predictions? Who do you think's going to go first? Um, well, okay, so the people that were obviously just throw-ins, we're, we're looking at the, the Julie Goodwins, we're looking at the... You know, we're, we're looking at the Jared, the pizza maker. Mm. Obviously not great cooks um, have been thrown in there because they represent a certain, you know. Yeah, they're going to fill it out. I don't see Julie Goodwin going. Yeah, look, no. I think Julie's going to go first. That's well, she got my... through the onion round. She did? She did get through the onion round. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm fairly, so to be honest with you, I wasn't looking for her. So no, no. So, okay. So, well, that, that there but you go. But I don't remember seeing her in the bottom 12. So, she got through the onion round. Okay, so, well there done. You go. Well, like, that would have been my prediction. Um, look, probably, to be honest, I think Poe did some good stuff, but probably Poe or Julie, I'm going to see. Yeah, I would say so. They're not um, They're not in it for the long haul. Yeah. But again, I'm my main focus at the moment is on Julia Jenkins. I think that she, at the moment, is my favourite. Oh, great. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I can't wait to see her in every episode. I think she's going to go far. Yeah. Um, Mish, thank you so much. Um, to presumably all our listeners, uh, this isn't a niche concept at all for a podcast, so we're so excited that you're listening no, right now. I think now. this is so accessible. I think that if you've heard, listened to it, share it with everyone you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is the kind of thing that everyone is going to like. It's It's got an international appeal, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I think it's going to do really well. Uh, so I'm really excited, um, to see how it goes. Thank you for listening. Um, uh, let's, I can't wait to watch more MasterChef tonight, uh, on, on, on television and, uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, next week's recap of season one of MasterChef Australia. Thank you, Mish. Thank you, Zach. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.